Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah. Damn right it's Booyah. Yeah. Here we are. Woo. It's a Hawaiian shirt. What is it, Thursday? Thursday. Thursday. I wish you had told us. Thirsty Thursday. Sorry, I forgot to let you know. Yeah. No memo. No we're going to be we're going to be doing our speaking of Thirsty Thursday, we're going to be doing our fantasy football draft at the Thirsty Parrot in downtown Cleveland. Mm. That sure Don't you right read in. your emails? No, not really. I sent no. an email yesterday. I got six jobs. Did Where? any of you read the email? So, so Thirsty Parrot, there's going to be snacks and drinks. They expect us there by 2 o'clock next yes. Wednesday. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll and, be back by then. And now the important question is, is uh, WKYC and or Steve Becker paying for our food? Mm, that's a, that's gonna, hey, I'll have an answer from Steven about 30 seconds. But, so well, I asked it on the air to kind of put pressure on them to pay. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Well, we can just dip out. I mean, and then <laughs> they're the ones who are going to look bad. Let's face it. It's like, we thought they were taking care of it. Let's I don't know leave. what happened. Yep. I thought, you know, they're, they're making the millions of dollars. Well, we're we're just giving money. We just put the playbook on, on tape now. So yeah. we can't oh, yeah, it. I guess that's true. Never mind. Well, All yeah. right, guys. Good guest lineup today. Former Buckeye turned uh, politician Anthony Gonzalez, who's dying to not talk politics, I bet. Who yeah. is I it? I bet he'd love to talk football and not politics. Who isn't these days? It. Yeah. Exactly. So we're going to talk football, Buckeyes, Browns, whatever. With Anthony Gonzalez, Aditi King Kabbala joins us as always. Uh, I should say on as always because she's on different days, so I shouldn't say as always, but she's been on with us a lot, obviously. Mm-hmm. And a debut on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show in addition, Anthony Gonzalez, of Booby Gibson. Booby! Uh, I got a lot of questions to get to Booby. Yeah. I got all I kinds. Su- I got a lot. By the way, of them. he's doing a top five with us. Before you guys got in, I suggested we do top five boobies. But uh, <laughs> no, I was shot down on that one. FCC. Yeah, we're out of luck. That's not going to work. Anyway, Mikey McNuggets, what do you got to say today? Anything interesting? We got a big show. We got three guests. Back I just to said back that. Back. Where you been? And mm-hmm. I'm excited because we get to talk a little Guardians, a little Cavs, and a little Ohio State and Brown football. So we got it all covered today. Now, yes, just, watch this. Now, yeah. Jason in that side seat over here. He's side seat. He dressed in all black like the Omen. Yeah. Does anybody like the Omen? What, who who who, 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 who knows that? Any ball? I, any bars? Katie in the Omen? You talking about? Ain't, no, dressed in all black like the Omen. Oh, I, that does I anybody know. know any bars here? Earl, you supposed to know this? Come on. I don't know what that means. Uh, I'm not it, getting the it's, reference. It's, it's little. It's little Kim in Quiet Storm. Oh, of course, oh. it's little. When you Kim. say the Omen, I think about the the horror movie from like 40 years That's ago. That's what I was assuming too. Yeah, I think it's, it's a creepy movie. I think it's more Steve Jobs personally. I thought it was, I was going for the Grim Reaper. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Going for the Reaper. No the one man, says you can't be all three. The man in black. So you guys yeah. got to go today. This is, when you're in yeah. this seat, yeah. in that seat. Yeah. You know how this it's the cross argument. The That's cross how argument. you like getting mm-hmm. all right. Figure out. Something. Jason's not a big argument guy. No. No, because I'm always right. There's nothing <laughs> to argue about. I honestly don't recall you raising your voice on the show once. Because I'm right. Once in a while. <laughs> once he does. in a while. He yeah. gets frustrated. He raises his voice. Hmm. All right, guys. So uh, ESPN recently compiled well they 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 talk to scouts coaches executives whatever and all these guys voted on their top 10 list of court guy man i'm describing this terribly <laughs> so they picked a bunch of different quarterback traits arm strength leadership toughness oh i think there were 10 different things mm-hmm. and then they voted a top you know top 10 at each of these categories Deshaun, I think there were a total of what? There was 12 a total categories? of 12 categories, and Deshaun Watson ranked in the top 10 in half of them. Steve, if we take seven in on half the VO list, now there are, see where he ranked. There are some quarterbacks. Okay, there you go. Arm strength, he's 10th. Accuracy, 10th. Field vision, 10th. Scrambling, 8th. Design runs, 8th. Second reaction, 8th. Now, a couple of things here. First of all, he didn't play last year. We know he's not going to play for at least 11 games this year. I think that certainly factored into him being lower in some of these things that he would have probably... You know, if you did this list going into last year, he would have been higher on some of these things. Mm-hmm. There are some quarterbacks that were in, I don't know if they were in all 12, but many. You know, Aaron, I, I looked at the list. Aaron Rodgers was in probably 10 of these lists. Same with Joe Burrow. Same with Justin Herbert. A couple other guys. Not many. Some guys were not in any. Baker Mayfield was not in any of the top 10s. Of course, I think, you, of course I, you look for that one. I, of course you was. <laughs> let me of see. Of course. Sort. 
Mm-hmm. I, think Filter. He, oh. I think Baker did mis- make <laughs> other He received votes in four categories. <laughs> he received votes in four categories, but didn't oh. make the top ten in any. Well, Including toughness, by the way. Mm-hmm. By the way, toughness is such a stupid one. How many quarterbacks are not tough? Can you mm. be a starting quarterback in the league outside of Carson Wentz? Is there any quarterback that's not tough? <laughs> I really am trying to think of one. I, I, I'm having a hard time right now. Who Sam hates contact? Sam Bradford. Hmm. Sam Bradford's not in the league. It was kind of soft. But are we talking about like tough, like they just go down, like they get injured all the time? and Or are we talking tough, like scared of getting hit, so they slide right away? Blaine Gabbert. Josh oh. Rosen. I mean, yeah. Rosen got a little, he, he a little skittish. I mean, <laughs> yeah, can I tease something for tomorrow? Two of the four guys you named don't play in the league anymore. <laughs> let me, let yeah. me tease one thing for y'all. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. The Josh Rosen game. This is not true or false. This is a statistical dive that our production group came ah. up with that you guys are going to love. We just got to hope that whatever Josina Anderson tweeted yesterday yeah. is yeah, that directed a- to our game. She was teasing our game. Thanks what? for us, By the way, can, can we mention? Can we tweet? show that or mention it? Can we, sh- yeah, I, I, we got it on no- Tag Board, Steve. You can mention it up right now. That. I don't know what – like, I love Josina, but keep an eye on how things are going quarterback Josh Rosen in Cleveland. What involving Josh Rosen could be um, could matter at all? They're going poorly. That's what like, things are going poorly. Right. She put that as if like some breaking news is exactly. coming. Exactly. Like, I gotta find something out. If, if th- that's a red herring, I don't. <laughs> that, that's not like uh-uh. she's like look over there. <laughs> I, I don't understand what you could possibly be getting. I think even that. if Josh Rosen read that, he's like, what could this possibly be? I mean, even <laughs> I'm if I'm getting cut, that happens all the time. Right. It's not worth this. They've already told me don't get comfortable. Uh-huh, right. I don't you have a locker. I got all my stuff in the trunk of my car. I know I'm not staying here. I'm still living in the days in and late. Exactly. <laughs> I, just, I actually just Googled how far away the practice facility is <laughs> from here. For, yeah, so it's not going to be great. So, yeah, I don't know what that was. But getting back to this, I mean – Bring up the, the Watson rankings, guys. Um, are you surprised he's not higher on some of these lists? I mean, he's do you a, not care? No, I, 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 uh, think, I, don't, I don't even think it has to really to do with Watson per se not playing last year. I just think there's a bunch of quarterbacks. Like, I can think of 10 quarterbacks that might have a stronger arm than him. I can think of possibly 10 quarterbacks with accuracy field vision. I yeah. mean, scrambling is eight, but if you just off the top of your head, Think about people with strong arms. Aaron Rodgers, you know, got one. Justin Herbert, you know, one got one. Josh Allen's arm is crazy. Uh, you, it's all, it's the same list of quarterbacks in the AFC, right? Matt Stafford's arm is strong. So right. I, 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 I think that's a legitimate. Yeah, legitimate I think thing. he's affected, but guys, by the fact that he's not hasn't played. What are your thoughts before I take this? Before I totally derail this? Well, <laughs> these rankings just make my eyes roll in the back of my head. All right, you're taking my take, but go on. Well, I just, I, I it's good like bar fodder, I guess. Yeah. If you're sitting around with your buddies, but who cares? Uh, right. Well, who I get, the, I get. In general, I agree with you on these lists, Jason. I think this one is interesting only because it kind of looks at the individual traits, and I think it, it, it shows you when guys pop up in a lot of these. That's why they're good quarterbacks mm-hmm. because they're really strong in a lot of different parts. You know, we think about a quarterback and we just think sometimes, well, you don't think about some of these little things that go into making a good quarterback. And that's why I've always said, what is Baker's strength? Right. And I don't think he has any, but go ahead. I would like, first of all, it's, I agree that it would be interesting, but it's almost impossible to quantify that. I'd like to see the methodology. Sure, what right, is it right. based Absolutely. upon? You know, That's like fair. are we putting a radar gun up on arm strength and see, like right or, and toughness? Are we doing? Are we at the like toughness? One is. Stupid. Are we talking to them and asking like, what would you do if you were walking down a dark alley? Like, how do you quantify how tough someone is? That's fair. But then the other and the other thing is, I know why we have to talk about this, and I get it. People like to hear about this stuff. This is what you know. It's it's about Watson. That's popular right now. It's about the Browns. We're on a sports show. This is something that's happening. So I get it. This is the first one of these though and no, under normal circumstances I, I wouldn't even mind this this much but this one really depressed me to think about just based upon I'm like what is that's we're not going to see him for we're not going to see him until what, December, December? December. and so re- doing these ones if he were our starting quarterback on day one I'd probably be more engaged in this I'd be like you know actually I think Aaron Rodgers isn't this t-. you know I could get into that but right now I'm just like this is so depressing talking about this quarterback and his skills well our starting quarterbacks not on there anywhere notice did Jacoby break, uh, break anything or Jacoby break did that? not receive a single vote not a single vote and we're, so we're talking about <laughs> this is so depressing we're talking about this dude this failed, yeah. like this flawed dude. This, it's uncomfortable to talk about it to begin with. We're like, yeah, but he's gonna be, might be pretty good according to this study. For, uh, you know, in week thirteen, <laughs> where it's, did, it's awful. I, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. Where did Jimmy G rank? Did he get votes on any of these? Ooh, lists? good question. I will look. Give me thirty I seconds. We all should. Yeah. So. And I don't really care. Just either curious. way. 
I don't think he was. Maybe he was in one of the, the twelve lists. I, don't, I looked at this. How many? How far do they rank? I didn't. I don't care about they this. They rank card. one through ten. It's just the top ten. And then they okay. give you the list of others receiving others votes. Receiving the votes. other one I'd like to look at. The other. The other reason that I would like to see this thing that was given to us to, to look at, and I did not look at beforehand. I am so sorry, Mike. <laughs> I was up so late. But listen, the, the other reason I like to see is, is, did like one quarterback, somebody who's like on the fence, just sneak into like one category? Some that would Rando Jimmy Garoppolo yes. did. It would okay, good. That? He uh, got Jimmy one, right? received a vote in mechanics. Best hair. Oh, what he is only it? received the vote. Only received He's a vote the in mechanics. mechanics. Oh, mechanics. Okay, well, at least see that makes it somewhat le- we a little more legitimate. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but that uh, so. I wanted to see, like, if anybody else just got into one category yeah. or if it's just like. I'm on it. Pull so my gotcha. is, is there, so, so I would guess that there is there something called like intangibles? Because this is where you fit your favorite player in. If he does, he's not very good. Got the right. intangibles. Got the intangibles. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is a total bogus Can't thing. Can't really quantify right it. Yep. Just feel it. You know it. By the way, I'm going to sidebar this conversation into something that may be a little more interesting to debate for five minutes before Anthony Gonzalez comes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, this started with a conversation, so I'm in a group chat with these guys who I've been playing fantasy football with for 25 years, very nerdy stuff, um, and it's a keeper league. We have contracts. It's crazy. Anyway, some one of the guys in the league said, oh, I think the Washington Commanders are going to go 8-9 and this year. And I said, are you high right now? They <laughs> suck. Carson Wentz is shot. He's a terrible quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's blah, blah, blah. I, I think he's, like, permanently scarred mentally, Carson Wentz, which I don't mean to make fun of, but I – Anyway, I get- so – Somebody brought up in this chat group and said, who has a better year this year, Carson Wentz with Washington or Baker Mayfield with Carolina? Hmm. And I said, that's an interesting question. Yeah, so I'm going to pose it to you all for a quick answer. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Baker think- Mayfield in Carolina or Carson Wentz in Washington, who has a better year? Uh, I think you're, like, we're take, let's take injury off the table for this. Can we agree? Just for this, for the sake of this. Yeah. What are we agreeing on? Taking injury off the table. Pret- yes. Pretending they Assuming play a full they, season. They both play 17 games. I think you're right. I think it's Baker because I think he's, met, I think he's probably mentally damaged just in a little better way, in a different way, <laughs> like a, in like a spiteful way that's going to move him forward. He's Cleveland yes. damaged. Yes, he's Cleveland damaged. <laughs> he's like, I just broke up with my ex. I'm going to go get in shape real hard damage, yeah. and I'm going to be better well than done. I ever was before. I don't know how long it'll last. I don't know how long I can keep it going, but for the next few months, I can be the best me I can be. Yeah. And I think that can carry him through. But I think you're right. I think Wentz is – I think he's dinged up up here. I think you're right. Sometimes that works against Baker. We've seen that. Can mm-hmm. I show you yes, the, back, the Packers game? Yes, it does. Right. Absolutely. But, but I tend to agree I think he'll have a better year than Baker. And even if it Wentz. doesn't work out, I'm still taking – I, I think him uh, half messed up is still better probably than Wentz. Than Wentz full I'm, messed, full I'm messed take, up. I'm going to take the opposite. You going Carson Wentz? I'm going to go Carson Wentz just because I think Carson Wentz has – a much better defense, and and, and although Chase Young is the key to that defense, and he's not completely healthy. And, and Montez Sweat was hurt most of last year too. They True. Go, I like their defensive yeah. line, and he got Terry McLaurin is a monster. He's a beast. Like he's, I, I didn't expect him but to DJ, be that good. Uh, Moore is a DJ good, Moore is good pretty good, yeah. uh, and you you do got you, you do have McCaffrey. This is very close. I wouldn't be surprised if they did win eight games in Washington. See, Carson Wentz will do something for you. Carson Wentz had his team ready to go to the playoffs. And just and just choked, just choked against the mm-hmm. Jaguars. Yeah. I said, so they both have those things where you can be like, wow, they're really playing very well right now. And then two games later, you're like, what happened? So I, I think it's close, but I would take Carson Wentz just because I think he has a better receiver. Yeah, I think they might. Uh, and, and I got a little more faith in their coaching staff than I do with with, with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Yeah, more. I, I think it's very close. I agree with that. I, yeah. I think it's very close, but in the end, I would le- actually lean towards Baker. I think Baker is better than Carson Wentz. I think Baker is much tougher than Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I think Carson Wentz is the softest quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think he has completely lost confidence. And he, he Baker's not good under pressure. We all know that. Mm-hmm. He's bad. Carson Wentz is even worse. Uh, he panics, completely panics under pressure. He made a couple throws last year of like, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, like a, some of the worst throws thinking? you've ever seen. They were Manziel-like. I think talent-wise, oh. I actually think both of those teams have decent talent. Not great talent, but decent talent. They both have pretty good defenses. I agree Washington's better, but Carolina's is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the, both teams have big question marks at offensive line. Carolina's got a better running back, obviously, but McCaffrey always gets hurt. McLaurin's better than any of the backs on Carolina, but I think Carolina's receiving core as a whole is better than Washington. Uh, I don't like either coach. I, I think Ron Rivera's a good like, team leader guy. I think he's an awful X's and O's coach. He's going to misuse their running backs. Uh, and I, I, don't think either, I don't trust either organization or either coach. So I think... Neither team will have success, but I think Baker will be better. Go ahead, Mikey. I want oh, to Mike's give a question. shout out yeah. to our research team. Oh, there good. are two quarterbacks. Who is have... in the research team, by the way? 
me, Anthony, and Earl. All right. Wow. Yeah, well, that's the brain trust back there. Yeah. Mike Polk asked, is there any quarterback yeah. that came in the top ten? A and random the dude. Only one. Mm-hmm. And the answer's two. Oh, wow. Same category. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis of the Titans. Oh, yeah. And Trey Lance of the 49ers came scrambling. in the top ten in scrambling. Yeah. Did scrambling. Not Malik Willis hasn't taken a snap. Else. That is really dumb. They're just guessing they love, that he might they scramble. Love and tra- Malik it's not right like now. Trey Lance has taken many snaps. Right. Right. Yeah. And guys, this was a great conversation. But yeah. Without further ado, we have our first ever U.S. Anthony Congressman joining the show here. Woo! Anthony Gonzalez. Hey. But for the there sake he of, is. For the sake of Anthony and for the sake of all of us too, we are not talking politics. We're talking football with Anthony Gonzalez. <laughs> I'm sure you're happy about. It. Nobody wants to talk politics, right? We want to talk football. <laughs> I certainly don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm, I'm very happy with this. <laughs> that, that there's no there's no good to that side. Okay, Andy, great to see you. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, when you, I mean, obviously you played, you had a great career, both in college and pro. When, when this time of the year comes around and camp is going and preseason games are starting, the regular season's right around the corner, the regular season starts two weeks from today, do you start getting that feeling still in your tummy like it's time to go play football or is that gone now? I don't think that ever leaves, honestly. Um, It's so funny you say that. Like, it it happens at the same time every Mm -hmm. year. My sleep changes. My attitude changes a little. I start to get excited. I I like call myself down. You're not going to camp, buddy. Like your your time is (laughs) your time is done. Um, But uh, but I I still get super jazzed up and and excited and uh, just totally enthused about about uh, football season pro mm-hmm. college high school it's, it's my favorite time of yeah, year there's no, no better doubt. time in oh. in ohio than than the fall you know anthony you played at st ignatius but i don't know if people notice you had a brother that played at st ignatius so i went to canton mckinley and um we played against your brother joe and he was like the fastest dude i've seen it was it was scary fast like he would just and he would glide and it didn't look like he was moving fast but he was running past all our secondary who happened to be on the track team let me ask you this question. Who is actually faster in their heyday, you or your brother? Do you have any sibling rivalry with speed? Because you're pretty fast yourself, right? Yeah, no sibling rivalry. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I'll, it's a cop-out. We never raced, so who the heck knows. But, um, <laughs> but you know, you mentioned, you mentioned those games, and honestly, like as a kid, those McKinley-Ignatius games, specifically the ones that you and my brother played in, were some of the best football games I've ever seen in my life. And frankly, were an inspiration as I thought about, you know, what I wanted for my own career uh, and, and just the excitement of, of high school football. I mean, those games, you'd pack in 20, 30,000 people at those things for a high mm-hmm. school football game. People don't realize how unique that is. Most parts of the country are lucky to get 2,000 people at a, at a high school football game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, those were those were just amazing games. So good. We no. had Coach Kyle in here recently, and we, at least I had never met him in person before. What a great interview that was. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was so much fun. He was awesome. And it's a, his memory after all these years and all these games he's coached of not only the players that played for him, but the players that have played against him is mind-blowing. And after meeting him, it's no surprise how great a coach he is. What are, what are your memories of Coach? Oh, I love Coach Kyle. I mean, it's it was such a joy and privilege to get to play for him. I still talk to him, not as often as I'd like, certainly, but but still see him and catch up with him, and and frankly, you know, just appreciate his wisdom. Uh, he's such a funny guy. You know, the one thing everybody knows him as this great football coach, and he absolutely is. Uh, but he was a great track coach. He's a hilarious teacher. He's got all the enthusiasm in the world. Um, and you know, I I told him this, and I believe it. You know, people like that, their their impact is it's almost immortal because, you know, the lessons that I'm going to teach my kids and that you know, I hope my kids pass on to their own children, those are lessons you learn from people like Coach Kyle uh, and, and Jim Tressel and, and Tony Dungy or all people I've been fortunate enough to, to play for. Um, but, you know, when, when you're that type of person who's sort of an institution unto himself, uh, your impact far outlives you. Uh, and, and permeates so much of, of the people that you've come in contact with. So I, I am blessed beyond words uh, to have spent some, some of my formative years uh, with Coach Kyle. Now, Anthony, I, I'm more familiar with you, I think, than everybody else up here. I don't know if you remember, I covered you 
at Ohio State. I was an Ohio State beat writer for the Lorraine Morning Journal. I was at your house. Don't be thirsty. I talked to Don't your be parents. thirsty with the Congress. It's <laughs> embarrassing. No, but I, but I was thinking about this driving in, fellow Avon Laker. I was thinking about this driving in. Weren't you a big Michigan fan growing up? And wasn't oh, yeah. your wasn't your dad like really? Was he in Les Miles' wedding, or they were good friends, or there was something there? I was trying to remember this morning coming into the studio what the story was behind that. Yeah, still best friends. Um, Les, you know, growing up, Les was like an uncle to me more than a, you know, than a friend of my dad's. Um, and to your point, my dad played at Michigan. He played for Bo. Les was his roommate. Uh, they're still best friends. Les's parents both worked for my dad um, when when he started his, his steel company. Um, and so, you know, I grew up a huge Michigan fan. Um, you know, two things sort of got in the way of that. Uh, one was, you know, Jim Trestle came to Ohio State. And, you know, he's, he's just an amazing person. And, and I, I read all with him. Second was I went up to Ann Arbor for one of these junior days. I went with my mom and they completely ignored me. I mean, just completely ignored me and, uh, and thought I was, they thought I was a kicker actually. Um, and, uh, you know, so the, uh, you know, God bless kickers, but I'm no kicker. So, um, so they, uh, so they, Huh. They said something like, you know, you do, you know, you, you, you're on the kicking and punting. I said, well, I return kicks and punts. They go, really? A kicker and a punter and you return? I said, well, oh, no, wow. I'm a receiver and a wow, DB. Wow. Um, so, you know, knowing knowing what I know as a parent now and how that must have made my mother feel, I mean, she must have been mortified. <laughs> um, so we left after like, you know, 45 minutes. And meanwhile, by the way, they were all over. These are good players, but they were all over, you know, Prescott Burgess. Um mm. Darius Hiley, Dante, you know, the, some of these guys, I'm like, I've played against these guys. Like, do y'all, do y'all watch any film? Um, so, wow. you know, it was, it was, uh, it was sort of a, a slap in the face. And uh, the very next week we went to Ohio state and, um, and Trestle couldn't have been nicer. I mean, it just couldn't have been better. And so uh, we, we then, you know, after many months of thinking through it, uh, ultimately I decided to go to Ohio state and it, couldn't have made a better decision. Now Michigan ripped through about 15 coaches in 15 years. So who was so incompetent? No, who was the coach at the time? That they didn't even know who you were. Call them out. That was that was Lloyd Carr stab. I'll give him a little oh, bit. Wow. So the guy who was recruiting me uh, was a guy named Stan Parrish, and, mm. and he was great. Um, yeah. He had just left to take a different job, uh, and whoever they had brought in to replace him probably just wasn't up to speed yet. Wow. Um, and uh, I mean, we were, yeah, we were, we were very much ignored um, in that whole process. But uh, but it was kind of funny. Here's sort of a funny story. So like before all that, um, you know, my uh, Maslin has this thing. I think they still do it. It's like a touchdown club event where the the MVP for each visiting team gets invited to a breakfast or a dinner. Um, it's right after the season. It's in and uh, Coach Trustino invites and my dad, you know, hey, look, if he says anything, he, you know, wants to offer scholarship, just tell him thanks, but no thanks. Um, <laughs> you know, you're 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 going to, you know, you're going to go to Michigan, and I'm like, all right, you know, I can, I can do that. Um, and so, you know, Coach Trestle comes up and he reaches out, you know, I'm Jim Trestle, and and uh, I'm I'm excited that uh, we're going to be offering you a scholarship. And I look at him and I say. Coach, I'd be honored to play for you. Oh, <laughs> and wow. so I, I totally, I totally botched the line. I, I went back up to him later. I said, I actually, I gotta, I gotta actually think about this thing. Uh, and then, you know, then those junior days happened, and, and it became obvious what the right thing to do was. Congressman, I understand you probably got an opinion on paying college athletes pretty wrapped up in all of that throughout your lifetime. What do you think of the NIL, and how do you think the NCAA handled it? So I have been working on NIL legislation for you know the last two years. I, I think NIL properly done is is appropriate. Um, it, it's never made sense to me why why college athletes can't capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. I mean, everybody else in this country, um, you know, even members of Congress can write books and do all kinds of things. Like I, it just it strikes me that for forbidding um, uh, college athletes from from NIL doesn't make sense. Having said that, the way that it's been implemented and the way that it's been rolled out, um, I don't believe is going particularly well. Um, you know, I think these collectives are, are sort of goofy and, and really polluting the system where you've got sort of groups of boosters around the country banding together and, 
becoming like de facto GMs uh, mm-hmm. for these these schools. I just think that makes no sense at all. Um, so you know, having some some clearer guardrails around what's appropriate and what isn't in the terms of recruiting and and inducements to transfer, I think would be appropriate. Um, but but NIL as just like a general concept, uh, I've been for that since I was at Ohio State. I'm, I'm for it today. I, I just I, I can't think of a a rational reason why we would prevent an 18 year old kid who you know, we all know most of these kids don't come from healthy families um you know to prevent them from capitalizing on that has never made any sense to me uh, it and still doesn't it kind of feels like the wild wild west right now though that's how i've kind of compared yeah, it there's no, really, absolutely it's kind of nuts right now yeah now the implementation has been bad um there's there's no doubt about that i mean i i i look at what's going on and i see how it's evolved and it's just like you know i i think if the NCAA had had gotten in front of this and and uh, you know not been essentially forced into it by California and some other states adopting these laws, I think it it would be conducted a lot more thoughtfully. Um, and frankly, I'm Congress um, trying to figure out a way to uh, you know I, I, nothing will pass by the time I leave. I'm leaving at the end of the year, but um, but to hopefully see Congress or somebody step up and say, hey, look. You know, we need else here and just to system because to your point, it's wild western. It's actually part of the problem with that is it hurts the athletes because you know there's no transparency with respect to what are these deals, what cut does an agent get, how are the terms, what are the payments. You know, mm-hmm. so you hear these, you know, so and so signed an eight million dollar deal. That might be complete garbage. It might be fifty percent going to an agent and it's filled with a whole bunch of incentives where you know eight million all of a sudden looks like you know, 10 grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you just have no idea um, because there's no, there's no transparency and there's, there's really no rules. Um, and so that's, that's what needs to get cleaned up. Um, but the, the general concept of, you know, can an athlete use name, image, and likeness? I, I think the answer is, is yes for me. And the reason ultimately it's such a mess is because, as you said, the NCAA and the schools were refusing to budge on this and they had their hands forced and they should years ago. This should have been. They should have come up with a good way. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But I, I, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, look. Like the. It wasn't until California passed their law and a couple other states, and then the Supreme Court ruled against them about a year ago now, um, where they they basically said, "All right, we're done. We right. sort of open the floodgates. We're 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 tapping out. We're tired of getting sued here." Yeah. Um, and um, and that's why I think we're in the position that we are. So, you know, a lot of there's a lot of change has happened in the last couple of years. And I think a lot of change is coming. Um, and, you know, the hope is that you can do it in a way that protects the system because the college sports system is unbelievable uh, and not just, not just football, right? Like my, my wife was a college swimmer. Um, you know, and I always talk about NIL in these contexts too. I was a college swimmer at Stanford university, which is a great university. One of the most expensive places in the world to live. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those answer uh, most of those athletes not on full scholarship she couldn't even teach swim lessons so you know what are you wow. what are you going to do ridiculous. you know you can't teach swim lessons so that you're going to be ineligible if you teach a $20 an hour swim class so that you don't have to take out a bunch of debt yeah. um and so that never made sense so you know i, I think you say okay let's rationalize these rules and get in front of this mm. um but when you wait for congress or the court to come in and solve your problem, they're probably not going to solve it in a way that you're particularly happy about. And I think that's what's happened. Uh, something you were not particularly happy about was the Buckeyes losing a rare loss in recent years to Michigan last year. What was your reaction and what do you expect the Buckeyes to do to that team up north this year? Yeah, that was a tough one. You know, I got all these people like, well, isn't it good for the rivalry? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> what do I care about? <laughs> I want to win every single year. Um, I don't want to have a... good for the rivalry. Like, it's good for the rivalry when we beat them. Um, so, uh, so in any event, at least that's my view. But, um, but you know, I, I think uh, Ohio State, you know, the, the rankings are, are awfully high. I think uh, they got a great offense for sure. Yeah, the defense is, has got to show up and, and certainly stop the run uh, better than they did last year. But um, I know they're excited, and I, I know that they've had some turnover on the coaching staff. 
Um, and, uh, you know, coach days is as good as it gets. We're, we're very lucky to have him. So I'm excited for the Buckeyes. I, you know, I don't, I'm not in the prediction business, but, uh, but I'm, I look at that team and see a team as, as talented as any that I've certainly played on. Um, and, uh, and I think it'll be a fun year for them. You know, Anthony, right now, it seems like Ohio State has always had good running backs. They've always pounded the ball back in the day. Um, they have the 96 running backs named Wells. All of them was pretty good. Uh, you know, <laughs> and then I think right now, Ohio State, if you ask people, they're known for this explosion of talent at a, re a receiver, Alave and uh, Garrett Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and just throwing the ball everywhere. Um, but I will say that your team, when Jim Trestle was here, was the team that actually kind of started that movement. You had you. You had Brian Hartline, you had Rubisky, um, and a couple older guys like uh, Teddy Ginn, and then uh, uh, Santonio Holmes. Um, do you think that Coach Tressel kind of started this thing because he started doing more innovative things? He started going five wide, more receivers on the field um, back in 06, 07. Yeah, you know, that was definitely true. But even before that, you know, you had Mike Jenkins, who was there when I got there as a freshman. He was a first-round pick. And when I would look at you know, historic Ohio State teams, I would think about Terry Glenn and David Boston and Kenyon Rambo. You know, Ohio yeah. State's always had some great wide receivers. Um, and, you know, with Hartline now running the room, he's as good a recruiter as there is in this country. Um, and, and we are very lucky uh, for, for him to be pulling in as much talent as he is because, you know, you lose two first-rounders, but we've got at least one first-rounder on that roster, and we probably have another two or three uh, if you look at the the full receiver depth chart, uh, and so the the beat goes on and and the tradition thrives, uh, and that's that's going to be great for Ohio State. Uh, and it's as a former receiver, you know, I I love the offense running the ball, but I like seeing them throw it, um, and uh, and I'm excited for for them. And and I one one guy in particular who just on a personal level, Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, I played with his father. Yeah. Marv Jr. was like five years old when I first met him, running around mm -hmm. our indoor facility. Um, and so to see him there uh, and see him grow up has been so fun, uh, but also is a reminder of how old I'm getting. Um, but uh, but they're uh, they're going to be in in good hands for as long as Heartline's there, and and he's he's bringing in that talent. Clear something up for us because that 06 title game against Florida, the rumor was. Ted Ginn was like the feature player in the entire package. And then Roy Hall sprained his ankle or tore up his ankle on that return when he brought him down in celebration. Is that true? Was Teddy like the focal point of that game plan? Yeah, that rumor's true. Teddy was going to play quarterback. He, he had a, we had a package for him at quarterback. We had a package for him at running back. And obviously he was going to be a receiver. Uh, and then he goes and returns the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Uh, on an awesome play, just classic Teddy Ginn. He's running like a deer. Everybody else looks like they're stuck in mud. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know that ankle sprains, and and there was no. He tried. He tried to go back out. You know, he, I think he came out for maybe two more series, but it was obvious he just it, it just wasn't going to hold up. Um, well, which what was, was the quarterback? He's going to be such a big part. What was the quarterback package? Uh, they were going to. So they were going to have him. Now let me see if I can remember this correctly. He was. It was going to be like a wildcat, and I think Troy was going to um, split out wide and then motion back into the backfield. And we had some some read option stuff, uh, and then some like you know now what would be called RPOs, but like back then RPOs weren't a thing. Um, yeah, he was going to do some RPO type stuff uh, and and really put them in a bind because it's just something we had never shown on on film. Um, and then when he went out, I'll never forget this when he was finally declared out of the game. So I think it was like the third series. And uh, Daryl Hazel, who was our receiver coach, uh, pulled us down and he said, all right, guys, here's what we're going to like do one ends on the board. Boy, boy. And we're, we're basically playing now. Um, and, uh, and that was, like, unfortunately, you saw the result, how, how that all turned out. Mm. Congressman, as you said, uh, you'll be leaving Congress in January. Uh, have you considered getting back into coaching at all? And even if not, if or if so, what kind of lessons did you take from your time in Congress that you think would help you out when you're, if you were coaching? Um, 
So in terms of getting back into sports, I, I don't know that I'll get into coaching, but I, 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 one thing I have learned about myself is I just love sports, in particular the game of football, but I love all sports. Um, I really do. I, I just, I don't know, something about them. It's like you can throw on anything, and if there's two people competing, I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, doesn't matter what it is. So, um, you know, I, I could see myself doing that. I haven't really put a ton of thought into it, but, you know, we'll, we'll definitely explore that um, as we get closer to the end. Uh, and then in terms of lessons, you know, honestly, my goal was to bring lessons that I learned in the locker room into Congress around how to work together, how to solve problems, get things done uh, and, and chase really big, meaty goals as a group. Um, those are things you learn in the locker room better than any other place I've been. Uh, and, and Congress just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bring lessons from my life to Congress I don't know that there's a ton of lessons to bring from Congress back to, <laughs> back to the real world, um, other than to, you know try to behave like an adult and don't you know act like a crazy person, which is unfortunately how a lot of folks are in my profession. <laughs> but, um, sad but, but true. Uh, but sad, sad but true. But yeah. um, you know, there's there there are some things you can bring out for sure. I mean, there's there's you know pushing through adversity, and even though you know you're at odds with with your opponent, quote unquote, um, finding ways to be productive with them and, and find win-wins and things like that. Um, so that those lessons will, will persist and they'll stay. Um, but admittedly, I, I think football has more to teach Congress than the other way around. hundred percent. By the way, speaking of Congress, we just saw, I don't know if you, I don't, can he see it, Mike? Yeah, he can just be able to see that. Okay, I can see we, it. Yeah, we just played the video of you hitting an, what I believe was an inside the park home run. With no explanation whatsoever while you were giving a very sincere response. I know, but I was going to bring it up with him, and then you could have played the video. But here we go. Here's the – I mean, you're still running – you're talking about your old now. I think you're – well, oh, this is not the – is this the inside the park home yeah, run? Yeah, it is. Yeah, this is – I mean, you're moving right there. Nope, you didn't pull a <laughs> hamstring. You didn't pull a quad. That was all good. Uh False. I did pull a hamstring. Um, <laughs> so, uh, God, I could say I I have not run that hard yeah. since I left football. Uh, yeah. And as soon as I hit it, so like right here, I hit the ball. Oh no, not, now you're showing me uh, pop out. Well, don't but, show me uh, pop out. Uh, it Bloop sitting. Oh, Bloop in for a second. The next, the next play oh, is another Bloop replay sit. of the home run. By the way, Congressman, okay. it's coming up again. Yeah very very generous bloop single that's an error but uh but in any event as as soon as as soon as i hit it yeah you know like your, your dinosaur brain kicks in and i'm like you gotta score like you just gotta score you hit it you hit it, you hit it hard like you hit it hard enough to just run um yeah. and uh and so i made it through but yeah, yeah. the very next inning a, a ground ball i play center field on the team they Hit a ground ball to me. I went for it, and I pulled both hamstrings. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Oh, <laughs> you pulled both the Gary Baxter. Oh, I'm out of shape. I don't even. I don't even work out anymore. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I oh, mean that was. Man. It was fun though. I'll tell you what, it was fun. But, you uh, look, but it yeah, looks no, like that's... you have some baseball experience because you were you were loading up right when you swing and you ran the bases like a like you knew what you were doing there. I mean, how much baseball experience did you have as a kid? Not my. I stopped oh, wow. playing in sixth grade, um, oh, wow. but you know that, that baseball team. I swear, to, I'm not even joking. They have more practices for that baseball team than we did for any NFL training camp <laughs> I was ever a part of. Which is like ridiculous. So after, did you did you feel the, did you feel bad at all playing against all these kids who were just on like speech and debate and, <laughs> right, and, and model UN in high school? <laughs> You got there playing against Jerry Nadler. That's, can't, that's not a com- competition, is it? Not at all. It's like, hey, put your put your foot on the throat. Come on now. Let's go. We'll keep the score. We got to win. So, I don't know. Whoever was no, playing. It, uh, it was yeah. fun. Yeah, whoever was playing first. I don't know who was playing for the Democrats, but whoever was playing first base for the Democrats looked like a big guy. I don't know who that is, but he looked like a big dude. Like, he looked like an athlete, that guy. I don't know. Maybe not. But. So, well, there's another pro. So, Colin Allred played for the Titans. He's a Democrat. Yeah. Um, He's better at baseball than me, but he uh, he was their uh, center fielder. Uh, he's a big dude. He was a linebacker, played at Baylor. Yeah. Good guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Democrat, you know, just like generally speaking, Democrats tend to be younger in, in terms of the members. 
So they have got a slight, historically have had an edge in that game, but uh, we beat them the last two years. So that's been good. All right, good for you. (laughs) Uh, We we appreciate you taking the time so much. Thanks for spending the time with us. It was great. We'd love to have you back again. Thank you. Congressman Anthony Gonzalez. Yeah, thanks, guys. Hey, Congressman. Congressman, thank you very much for for representing Ohio very well. And just so you know, we're very proud of you. And thank you for your time in Congress. Yep, yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Bye for having me. There you go, Representative Anthony Gonzalez. Great to have him on with us. I told you he was yeah. a great talker. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he was really he was, a great interview. He was terrific at Ohio yeah, I State. Had, I, I think terrific. we might have had him on years ago on the radio show yeah. before he was a congressman. But I don't know. It's been so yeah. many interviews over the years, it's hard to keep track of everything. Yeah, but, he's uh, terrific. No, he's a good dude. Yeah, it was great to talk with him. Mikey McNuggets, what do you got? Well, Aditi went to get some water, so let's fill time for 45 <laughs> seconds until Aditi comes back to your camera shot. I, I need some water, too. That's all right. Uh, that, isn't that funny? Doesn't that basically sum up Congress, that they spent more time practicing for yeah. that game I than actually, football training camp? See, I'm such like a nerd in both worlds that I want to see the breakdown of both lineups, and yes. I want to see who, who was playing where. Mm. I want to know. <clears> I want <throat> all those details. Are they? Is it? Is it actually just the Congress people playing, or can you have like interns play or anything? Senators, that's what I want to know. No senators. So yeah, that's, I'd be curious. I want to, but I that'd be a fun like fantasy type game for somebody yeah. like a real sicky like yeah, me. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Bad, bad bet next year. Well, well, I'm holding back on so many game. snide comments. About I know some so of the much. Oh yeah, I was, I, was, I, I was just tucking them in. Oh, I swallowed my tongue. Yeah. Ten Behave, gentlemen. Anthony Gonzalez did the right thing when called upon. So yes, kudos to him for he that. He did. I got a question for Jason real quick. While we're still waiting on Aditi, her must be going to the well outside to get what. She literally mm-hmm. said, I'm getting what I'm back in one sec. That was five yeah. minutes ago. But, uh, Didi's back. Wait, she's laughing. She's yeah. laughing. But I do have a question for Jason before we, while we let Didi finish setting up. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. I'll ask you later. We got Didi. She's got a big <laughs> cup of water. Didi's hydrated. Hey, bro, that's the biggest. <laughs> my that's, hair's a mess, but that, I did get my big glass of water. Wow, yeah. Oh, very good. Bro, that's a gallon. That's a cooler. Boo. <laughs> we don't have an NHL team, so you can I know, but it's still their colors. Oh, like, people that's people city. Roof for the Penguins, aren't they? Uh, oh, no. come on now. Well, send me a cup. Oh, All right. wait. Can I show you guys the best picture ever? Sure. I'd like to see that. Aditi, if yeah, you text well, it to me, we'll throw it, it on tag board. I want to know if Jason Lloyd... Yeah. Uh oh. Brought home Oreo. Oh, do you? Do you? Oh, that's. I forgot you took that. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah, I'm with the DD son. No, what are you doing? At Brown's training camp, it's a puppy. And oh, it's a puppy. Yeah, it was a puppy. That's what they're doing to distract people at Brown's training camp. Oh, they got every every day. They'd be (laughs) puppies. They got the adoption. Yeah. They're like, yeah, the puppies. Program, guys. This is this great program. It's the Puppy Pound. And for six years now, they've been adopting puppies. Maybe even seven years. They've been adopting puppies at training camp. Uh-huh. And so this started back when I was at the NFL Network. I sat in the puppy pound for the first time in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of this running joke. Are you ever bringing a puppy home to your son? So I brought my son to camp on a day that Jason was there. And um, Nico and wanted to bring it. a puppy home, but he was afraid to hold it. <laughs> right? Hold it. He wouldn't hold the puppy. That, we tried everything and How, Nico yeah. would not it, hold the puppy. So you haven't brought a puppy home, though. No, we didn't because he said the puppies smelled. And I said, yes, puppies do smell. And he was afraid the puppy was going to pee on him. And I said, Uh, yes, babies and puppies, they do occasionally pee on you. Very logical kid. That one, that puppy, Oreo, I should actually text it to Mikey so he can put it up properly. But that puppy was just in love with Jason. He was like a whole snuggling him. Uh, I I almost brought the puppy home. Jason smells like food. He probably smells like French fries, yeah. I almost wound up bringing that puppy home. Oh, I sent a picture man. to my wife. But he was so serene, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. was, just, he was See, that, snuggled up well, with you as happy as That is a great program that I was unaware of, and I think that's really cool. And it's just a, uh, it always baffles me, the Browns, like, marketing stuff, because they do something so well. Like, yeah. that's such a great yeah. program. And then they also come up with a slogan, like, Play like a brown. Yeah, which is Do you remember or, that slogan? Remember the Hardland one? Hardland. Like, it's so, awful. They must have different people there working yeah, in different or, or areas. Or screwing up the, the dog pound banner and having it in the wrong order. Yes. The, browns the, are the orange is orange. The Browns are really a feast or famine organization. It's one Half the people working there are like brilliant. Yeah. The other half are morons. So let's be honest. I'd say we're more starving, though, than yeah, satisfied. That's true. Overall. <clears throat> By the way, so Aditi, came to, uh, Aditi and her family came to my house for dinner with my family. Yes. We had a great time. 
I took her. We went for dinner. We had dinner at our I house. I live 10 minutes away. My family's never been invited over. <laughs> we'll invite uh-huh. you over. We'll she lives over. one state over. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, see, I see where I rank. But, and, then, and then we went out for ice cream at Mitchell's after. No, I've never gone to ice cream any before. Ice cream. She didn't get any ice cream. Everybody else had ice cream. Oh, my gosh. I ate both of my kids' leftovers. Uh, that's true. That's fair. So Bull, yeah. Bull gets cone that's like as big as my head. Yeah. No, Shocking. Shocking, right. Yeah, they call that and the bowl. Like all this ice cream in it. And Bull's son, by the way, Aaron, who is just like the nicest, nicest, nicest little Thank young you. boy and young man. And he gave my son football cards that Nico is now obsessed with. And nice. uh, unfortunately, Adam, like I don't spend enough money. Now I have to spend more money on <laughs> football cards because Aaron introduced him to them. But anyway, yeah. Bull gets this massive ice cream cone. Aaron, who's this, you know, nine-year-old, gets like all this ice cream. I insist that my kids get only the junior cups. <laughs> they get the junior cups, and neither of them finish their junior cups. I knew right. I was going to be eating their leftovers. That's true. You did. My husband did get a mega, mega, mega peanut butter milkshake, though, and he sucked right. down every last drop of that. It's delicious. But the reason I brought it up is because yeah. we have a dog. Did your I can't right. remember? Like, did your son? Your son interacted with the dog a little. Actually, you were sitting with my. You and your daughter were sitting with my wife in the den and my dog kind of snuggled up with you guys a little bit yeah my daughter was actually much better at petting your dog and really excited to be nico likes the idea of a dog yes but i think that like the actual reality of the dog and it was crazy because in the puppy pound jason could tell you this he kept saying can we adopt this puppy can we take this puppy home can we take this puppy home i'm like we're not taking a puppy home if you won't even hold it right (laughs) (laughs) you know in the car on the way home like but mommy if we brought a puppy home we would give it baths right so like it would smell right dogs get smelly you got to give them a lot of baths. when i when i when i was growing up we couldn't even go in the grocery store (laughs) and you better not ask for that not let alone get in the dog Uh a living seriously g let me tell you oh my god i have to warn my son every time i take him to the grocery store i'm like don't ask for anything (laughs) don't ask for anything i will get you things don't ask for anything It's funny that you bring this up because this is actually revealing from the TMI department. This is a major point of marital discord in our house because I think that, I mean, neither my husband nor I grew up the way that we live. Neither of us were, my husband's father very sadly died when he was two years old. My parents were, you know, immigrants that worked, 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 worked. And so we played with cardboard boxes, but we now have the ability to buy our kids all these things that come in cardboard boxes. And by the right. way, they just still play with the cardboard boxes. Mm, yes. And I get so angry that every single time they go to the store, they think that they're getting something. Exactly. And that every single time my husband runs to Walmart or Target, the kids come home with something. Mm-hmm. And just the other day, Matt said to me, he's like, you know, I really have a hard time saying no to them. And I, I said, do. get over yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, no, he was like hold on, let me show you how to do this. Kids, come down here. Hey, no. Uh, <laughs> right. We didn't ask for anything, Mom. It's not good for kids. No. It's, it's not, not good to swear. No, gee, they are always asking for something. Yeah. Yeah. To, asking to for your something. point, we just had this conversation because my kids are on the swim team, and we went to a Guardians game Saturday night, and the seats were like, you know, upper deck. And we're talking about we're going to the game. And they're like, oh, are we sitting behind the plate like we usually do? It's like, yeah. no. They said, oh, are we in that suite? Because they sat in like the Matt Colleague suites, the really nice suites. Yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. Are we sitting in the suites? I'm like, no. You're sitting where I sat when I was a kid. You're going to the upper deck and you're going to like it. It's like they live so much differently than what we did. Like just getting a one game a year was such a huge deal. Right. My kid stays in these like five star resorts. I was at a Days In or a Motel Six. <laughs> Motel Six even exist anymore? A Howard we Johnson. Days in and a Cato Lodge were my favorite hotels as a kid. That's where we stay yeah. on a vacation. Yeah. Days in and a Cato Lodge. I went to one vacation in <laughs> fifteen years as a kid. One. It's unbelievable. But you know what? Like this yeah. does bring it back. I think that perspective, it's funny, I'll I'll give you a football story. So Callie Brownson, as you know, the Browns assistant wide receivers coach and Kevin Stefanski's chief of staff was just the head coach of the women's national team at the International American Football Federation, whatever the whole name of that is. But she just she won a gold medal twice overseas as a player. She's the first female head coach. She coached this team to a gold medal and she came home like a week and a half ago. And we were talking about and I said, "Okay, so what was like the biggest takeaway from the experience? How are you a different coach now? having done that. And she said the biggest difference 
was that in the NFL, you just get so used to having things handed to you, taking things for granted. Mm -hmm. And these women literally paid $3,500 each just to have the ability to compete wow. in this mm -hmm. world championship. Yeah. And she said it just Gross. reminds you, like people who love the game so much that they'll Boy. sacrifice yeah. the opportunity play yeah and you come back and everything's sort of handed to you and you are enabled to believe that you know anything can be given to you and whatever it's your birthright she said it just changes perspective and so i said to my husband actually i need to start getting nico back to like a soup kitchen or volunteering at a homeless shelter so he sees the kids that don't have every single lego that was ever made on the planet and right. that's what will i think ultimately bring it back it's not just saying no it's actually recognizing how fortunate you really are and that there are people that would love to switch places with you aditi there was a um question that i wanted to ask you on tuesday that we didn't have time for and i was wondering about when you were on the sidelines you got you probably i imagine you have to be able to get a vibe for what is going on with the players and how they're feeling and, and whatnot. I mean, with all the Deshaun situation going on, the uncertainty of quarterback, there's just a kind of a weird pall on the team. I want to know if that's coming through on the sidelines and if people, if they seem friendly or they seem chipper, they seem upbeat, or is there, is there sort of like some uncertainty down there? You know, it's so weird to say this, but there truly isn't. And in fact, I made that point a week ago that Kevin Stefanski loves to say, control what you can control. And Kevin Stefanski is as level as can be. Every day is basically the same. And let me tell you, Jacoby Brissett is the same. <laughs> and I very specifically asked, was he any different last week when he finally kind of got the team and took the majority of the first team reps in? Everybody knew that he's the starter for at least 11 weeks. And... Kevin Stefanski said, nope, he's the same. I asked Jacoby Brissett about it. He said, I have to be the same. Like, I've been in so many situations. And I really think that this team knew it was coming and has really just bought into that mentality. And I'll tell you, I was there all week. I was there the, the, the day the settlement came in. I was there the day after. I was there for the joint practices with the Eagles. They... I look like 10. Well, I think Aditi froze. I don't think like you talk about a, a Paul over the team I don't think the team internally really feels that way really that's, truly that that's really something I, I you know the quarterback's the lead leader of the team do you see them rallying behind Jacoby Brissett I mean I do and I think that it's really I, I, I think in this situation credit also goes to Deshaun in the sense that the two of them have been very Sure, Deshaun is the one that took everybody to the Bahamas, right? Yes, he is going to be the starting quarterback for the foreseeable future whenever it is that he's back. But something as simple as when the two of them are on the sideline and a defensive player has a great play, they go over together to high-five the player. And I was watching Deshaun very carefully. He's very careful not to step in front of Jacoby Brissett. Like, they were always in line with each other hmm. when they're congratulating people coming off the field. I think one time I saw Deshaun get to somebody first was Josh Dobbs after that crazy touchdown when his shirt was ripped this past week. And hmm. just, you know, everybody was laughing. It was sort of that moment. But otherwise, I think that I don't want to say Deshaun is deferring, but I think that they are kind of trying to be co-leaders because that's what is called for at this moment. And Deshaun knows he's not going to be around the team starting August 30th for a good two months or a month and a half, whatever the math works out to be. Yeah. Aditi, at least were, in the building, you yeah, know? Right. Aditi, we were, uh, we were talking about this before the show, um, and we're going to get to this conversation later. We were talking because Miles Garrett, you know, he's a very confident guy, as we all know. And when we talk about the NFL top 100, he says he should be number one on the list. Um, now, I don't even think he's number one on the Browns because if I were now, again, obviously quarterback is more important than pass rusher or running back. But if you said to me personally, who is the best player on the Browns? My answer would be Nick Chubb. Uh, I would have Miles two. I would have Deshaun Watson three. I would have Batonio four. Kareem Hunt five. Denzel Ward six. And then probably Wyatt Teller and Amari Cooper, seven and eight. I don't know. You don't need to go that deep. But what do you think? Who is, 
again, yeah, I know Deshaun. Did Watson we have this conversation? Did we have this conversation? Off the air, on the air, we did. Maybe a while ago. I don't know, we weren't no, all at dinner crazy. with you guys. Maybe <laughs> it was over ice cream. Right. I'll I'll bring Nico back into this. We yeah. were on a trip. Um, we had gone to Hershey Park yeah. and we're driving home, which is, you know, three and a half hours or so. And we're in the car and Nico asks us while his sister is sleeping, can you tell me the best player on every team? Mm-hmm. And so Matt and I were running through every team and, you know, some we disagreed on, like the Steelers, Matt and I disagreed. The Browns. What did you guys say? Wait a second. What did you guys both, say? Well, Matt said for the Steelers, TJ Watt, and I said Cam Hayward. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But in any case, when it came to the Browns, Matt and I both simultaneously said Nick Chubb. And so we both agreed that the best player in our minds was Nick Chubb on that team. And then after the fact, I had to think, oh, it's weird. I didn't think of Miles Garrett, but it really was Nick Chubb that came to mind first. Here's why I think Nick Chubb. I do agree with you. And we didn't have like a heavy discussion about it. I guess if I'd have to think about it right now, um, I don't know. The pass pressure does affect every play. Yes. You know, I love defense. I think defense drives games for sure. But I also think a running back like Nick Chubb is just spectacular and special in so many ways, can do so many different things for you. I've, you know, it's very, very hard to see him contained, much less held down or stopped. I mean, I think that the toughest sledding I've seen him go through the last however many years was that game against the Steelers last year, that 15-10 game right. where the Steelers absolutely sold out to stop the run and Chubb was coming off injury anyway. You know, other than that, it's just he's so heady, he's so good, he's so hard to stop. It's almost like the only time he's beatable is when he's not on the field. You know, yep. like, and right. you've heard me scream how many times last year when there's two minutes left in a half or the game, just put more Chubb, Mick, right. put Nick Chubb in. You know, yeah. I don't care if the two minute offense is the Kareem Hunt offense. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I don't. I might quibble with you as you get further down the list a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm putting Kareem Hunt ahead of Denzel Ward. I don't yeah, know that some, I'm doing that. Somebody else. I just mm. think statistically, Kareem Hunt is not as productive in Cleveland because he's a you know, the number two running back. But the thing with me, ultimately, that, that separates, because I think Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb are both elite at their jobs. They're both in that yes. class. Yes. The difference is, I think Nick, and obviously there's more stats for a running back than there is for a pass rusher, but sure. I believe that Nick Chubb is more, con- like even the greatest player, even Tom Brady doesn't play at an elite level every single game. So there are some games where even the best player ever doesn't play great. I right. think Nick Chubb is more consistently elite then Miles Garrett is. That's why I have him ahead. I think that I would agree with you on that one. And then you also think about impact on a game. Definitely. I mean, Nick Chubb, if he gets 20 carries and he is controlling the clock and he is moving the offense and he is churning out those yards and he also does have an ability to be a game breaker, you know, he can change the game with one play. Right. Let's go back to that Bengals game last year, right? It was Denzel Ward with that huge pick six. And then, of course, it was that massive Nick Chubb run. I mean, those sorts of plays change a game. And Miles Garrett occasionally does that. Occasionally, right? There's a sack fumble, maybe touchdown, you know? Like, occasionally there's a sack that ends a drive. But I just think, to your point, Nick Chubb does that more consistently. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't agree. (laughs) <laughs> you know, agree? Okay. No, you got miles ahead of I, Nick Chubb. I, miles Garrett to me is honestly, if you look at it, he might be the best defensive player that's already ever played for the Browns mm-hmm. already. Like he's going to break the sack record this year for the right, Browns. But that doesn't, I don't disagree, but right. I don't now, think that makes him better now, than Nick Chubb. Right. Yeah, but do you think Aaron Donald is better than Miles Garrett? Yes. You and definitely nobody's yes. better. Now, than you no. also remember our, our best receivers of Browns history list yeah, too. It doesn't good. always mean something just because he's the best one at, at that on. position. Exactly. You say, so you think Miles Garrett's better than Nick Chubb? Yes. But you also said Nick Chubb is better than Emmett Smith. On on raw skills, yes, I do. Yeah, Aditi, I want raw, you to hear this. On, on raw, or, on G raw, said that <laughs> that on raw ability, Nick Chubb Matt, is better than the greatest. He's running back oh, by no, no, no. Yardage, yardage in the history of the game. And mathematically, Nick that Chubb also means that he thinks that Miles Garrett is, is a better football player than Emmett Smith as well. No, no. Emmett Smith, <laughs> Emmett Smith physically is not the most gifted running back, right? Mm-hmm. Emmett Smith had a great offensive line, a great team, 
and he had longevity. You you can't you can't coach that longevity counts for something. Mm -hmm. However, if you if you line Emmitt Smith up and you line Nick Chubb up and you said, all right, which one of those uh, people have more agility? Who's faster? Who breaks more tackles? All these different things. It'd be you'd be hard pressed to find one trait that you would say Emmitt Smith has over Nick Chubb. Now, does that mean that he's just overall, uh, according to the pantheon of time, better than Emmitt Smith? No, he got to prove it. He got to do it. But if you ask me physically, I would take Nick Chubb. Now, now when you talk about Miles Garrett, for me, I think the reason why I would say this now, I love Nick Chubb because I just said he's better than Emmitt Smith. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> when when you talk about the effectiveness of a play, right? You Miles Garrett has the ability to affect the game in multiple ways. He can get in people. He's an underrated run stopper. He gets he already has lead in, in, in sacks. So you say look at 16 sacks. He also has 17 18. You know, these are just tackles for loss above and beyond that. Right. So my thing is if you have Miles Garrett and you say who's going to be more pivotal in and and if the Browns can make the playoffs, which one would be more important? Well, but, but that question, Deshaun Watson, when he plays, would be number one. But I, 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 I don't, I wasn't looking at it that way. Oh, that well, okay. So if, if, if Miles Garrett has a crazy for eleven games and he has twelve sacks in those eleven, mm -hmm. thirteen sacks, that's gonna, that's gonna impact everything. Nick Chubb, yes, he's gonna impact it, but you still have Kareem Hunt and some other things. I think it's very close, but I would take. I would take the defensive end because I think a defensive yeah. end is more impactful than a running back. Not necessarily the fact that Nick Chubb is an, a good, great player. I was taking the positional importance out of it for me. Okay, that's why. Okay, I, that makes sense. But I mean, honestly, with all of us, we're splitting hairs. Yeah, very, who's, very. Who's better between Nick Chubb and and uh, Miles Garrett? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like the, you know, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. Some teams, it's very obvious who the best player is. And others, I think, to your point, you are just splitting hairs in some ways. But Joe Burrow nice or Jamar Chase? Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's well, crazy. you have to take Burrow. Burrow makes everybody better. No, but if we're taking positional importance out of it, is Joe Burrow a better quarterback than Jamar Chase as a wide receiver? Uh... Jamar Chase is a top six receiver. Joe Burrow is a top seven quarterback. You're literally splitting. Okay, this. here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys, though. This is what the magic of football is. To yeah. G's point about Emmett Smith and everything that he played around, played everyone that he played with and the offense that he played in, how much does that add to who he is? You know, like no when doubt. you were talking about Emmett Smith, I'm sitting there thinking about Le'Veon Bell. For a period of time, for about mm. five years, Le'Veon Bell was considered one of the top, what, two or three running backs in the no NFL. Doubt. But yes. how much of that was because he was behind a veteran, mature, seasoned offensive line that was arguably one of the top two lines in the NFL that knew how to block for his style? How much of that was Antonio Brown, the best receiver on the planet, was drawing double and triple teams? How much of that was Ben Roethlisberger, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, having this amazing chemistry with Antonio Brown and then also Juju Smith-Schuster and then also for a period of time, Martavis Bryan and everything that was going on? I mean, Le'Veon, yes, he sat out a year and he got a little heavier, but he goes to the Jets and he's not even average. He's Not below man. average. So yeah. is Le'Veon really that great a running back? Or was he in the most amazing situation for five years that we thought he was a top three running back? Now, Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase is a top 10 receiver. Sure, regardless. But how much is Jamar Chase helped by the fact that he's playing with a guy that he's already put five years in with, that he's yeah. been repping with for five years, that he's got unbelievable chemistry mm -hmm. with? How much is Jamar Chase helped by T. Higgins out there, who arguably is the number one receiver on his own. Remember, Jamar Chase went quiet for a good chunk of time last year. Defenses started playing him a little bit differently. He couldn't make do. All of a sudden, T. Higgins has a string of 100-yard games. And, oh, by the way, Tyler Boyd had caught more passes in a row than anybody else in the NFL out of the slot last year. There was a period of time last year. It was probably like November-ish. All three of those receivers had 60-something catches. And I remember talking about this with Bengals offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, and he said that was the thing that he was most proud of, is that Joe Burrow wasn't just feeding Jamar Chase, he was actually feeding the open man. All right. three of them had the same number of receptions. Even yeah. though, of course, she had more targets, yeah. it was still the way that Burrow sees the field, the way that Burrow diagnoses who's open, the way Burrow can look guys open. So I don't think Jamar Chase, playing with Ben Roethlisberger last year, 
puts up the same numbers and is the same receiver. No, I think it really matters who he's playing with. And so I'd argue, and I'd also argue that Joe Burrow made everybody better. I do agree, but Joe, if they didn't, if they had drafted Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase, I don't think the Bengals' offense would have been as good either. I mean, yeah, that's a fair point because yeah. the Bengals' offensive line was horrific, and right. still this offense did what it did. Yeah, did I, we have the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, clearly the best guy. We Sorry, a, go ahead. We have a, another enormous yeah. Browns preseason game coming up, and we're going to get to see <laughs> Jacoby Brissett for the first time. Uh, any predictions yep, yep. as far as what we might see from him, and what are you going to be looking for out, out of him in particular? Well, I think that they'll do their best to keep him safe. Right. I think mm -hmm. that him being out there is more about the game operation, about having the headset helmet on on having the plays sent in on managing the huddle. We know that the Bears are playing their starters for a full half and that they'll be going full go. So I think that you'll probably see more ball control, more, you know, sort of steadiness, making sure that everything is clean mm -hmm. as opposed to light it up I mean but everybody wants to score you feel good on that so I don't know I actually do have to jump because we have our production meeting shortly and I'll mm. probably learn a little bit more there or at least oh. I hope we learn a little bit more we're talking to Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper nice, oh, nice. Aditi have a great weekend yeah. we will talk to you soon we'll talk Thanks. to you next week Thank you, Dee. Yes. Make sure Bye. you watch and any feedback you have or any tips you have for my last preseason side. I'm taking notes I'm taking notes Aditi all I right, so well, send them to me in real time so I yeah. can fix it. We'll you know, yeah. like, like the Surface tablet. I want to fix it for the next drive. All got over it. it. All right. I did text a Diddy right, one note, and she never got back to me during the first game, though, so be mm. careful. <laughs> she, she, just threw that, she just threw that out right now. Yeah, she wasn't talking about the first was, game. I can't remember. I vaguely remember what it was. I vaguely remember what it was. Remind me, what was it? Is John Doss's voice real, which we turned out it is. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, let me bring that up real quick before let you go. Let her go. She's got to go. Got to okay. go? Can I talk no, about it's John actually Doss? the meeting's 1215, so it's okay. Okay. Do you guys know John Doss at all? I yeah. don't. No. Yeah. So, what, before I met John, I was like, I said the same thing as Mike. I said, there's no way that guy's got a real voice. That's one of the, he's putting right. on like a fake voice. And then I met him in person, and I was like taken aback. Like, that's actually how he talks. So, for those who don't know, and Aditi knows John. He's got the most bizarre. I mean, bizarre in a good way, but like bizarre voices you've ever. Yeah, heard. but you know what's funny, Bull, yeah. is that Adam. A lot of people like your voice, and Matt, my husband, when we yeah. drove away from your house, made the point of saying he's got such a great voice. He's got such well, a great you. voice. Yeah, I do. A but my voice doesn't time. sound fake. Like his voice sounds like he's putting it on. What's so great about Bull's voice? Right. It's just that New York. I've got a sexy <laughs> voice, Jason. Sounds like voice. Nobody wants to hear. Sounds like a Rottweiler. Bye, Dee Dee. Thanks, Dee Dee. I know you'd be great in, as a voice in a Disney movie. <laughs>